you get off on the weird? Monsters, Halloween, horror. You've heard of word porn, car porn, earth porn. Now prepare yourself for monster porn. Is this really a good idea? Weird fiction and horror podcast. Created by the backwards hat guy, Matt Cummins. Are you trying to teach psychic powers to animals? Puggles, the abomination trapped in the body of an adorable teacup piggy. Good for human. And myself, lead occultist, Brett Norwood. Today's story is The Embiggening by Matt Cummins. Happy Halloween, Monster Baiters! Man, it's good to be back. Thanks for giving us a break. Honestly, it was pretty nice. I don't know if any of you have ever watched Six Days to Air, the documentary about the creation of South Park, but making the podcast felt a little like that. The final draft workload of writing was the equivalent of us each writing a full and rather lengthy novel every year. And that isn't counting any of the intros, skits, and drafts of stories that never made the cut. Brett had even more work on his plate with all the production stuff, and lumped that in with each of us having more than one day job, and there you go. So thank you, the break was very nice. Except that we missed you. Not to make it weird. Okay, it's weird. We've always had feelings for you. You can show your feelings by reading some of the nice reviews we got while we were gone. Artbabe33445 said on Apple Podcasts, All-around good horror fun. I love the stories. Each has a life of its own, and it's so creatively done. There are a lot of ideas and concepts that I haven't seen done yet in horror storytelling, and it keeps me coming back for more. I love Brett's character, a sorcerer after my own heart. Ah, Keep up the good work, guys. Thank you, Art Babe. That was an awesome review. From Staple Boy, 420. Only show I'd write a review for. Great show, guys. Heard you had some troubles with Crapple Cytoons. Frowny face. Keep up the amazing shows and writing, and keep it weird. Well, by dilly we will. Thank you, Staple Boy 420. Between what we mentioned above and the whole China thing, see previous episodes if you're curious, the magazine we were hoping to produce is on the back burner for the time being. Unless any of you talented monster baiters have the requisite time and will to take on a side project for free. Just kidding. Maybe. All right, on to the show. Oh my god, Brett, <sighs> caught you in bed with, with, wait, when you said you were moving to Japan to build sex robots, I kind of pictured, I don't know what I pictured, but it wasn't a 1960s B-movie robot that looks like the love child of a light bulb and a vacuum cleaner. All chassis are beautiful, Matt. Look, I'm sorry to barge into your Yokohama apartment, but we've got a problem. Matt, I know we were friends once, but I've got a lot going on now since we left Monster Porn. Yeah, like hair on your head? How did that happen? Japanese science? It's a blonde wig. Still not the worst blonde wig I've seen. That was in Ghostbusters 2016. Matt, I've got a lot on my plate. Like sushi. And a lot of robot suction arms to clean out. We've both changed, Matt, and grown as people. Like how you've become a sailor. This is 2020. Gone forever is the monster porn of 2018 and 2019. And three months ago, 
Brett, listen to me. It's not done. We can never run from monster porn. We can try. But every time we look over our shoulders, it will be there, glaring at us with one eye and a raging heart on. It's hungry, Brett, and it haunts my dreams. I haven't slept in weeks. You must feel it too, right? Right? I feel nothing. Brett, it's Halloween. You know what that means. Well, yes. The sex robot costume party is at nine tonight. I need a feather duster for my maid costume and also a can of WD-40. No! Brett, the... Uh, ah! What is it, Matt? Lassie fell in the well? Jeffrey Epstein is down there? Use your words. Oh, style! Matildatron. He's holding his head like he's got a sudden and histrionic migraine. Be a deerbot and fetch the ibuprofen from the bathroom. Goodness me, there's a healthy protuberance rising on his temple. Oh, Matilda Tronchan, look, it's trying to fight its way out through his thick skull, whatever it is. What do you think it is? I hope it's a kinder egg. Oh, I'm back! You. You. You were in Matt's head this whole time? Eat my side meat, Baldi's basics. Where's my podcast? The world has moved on, tiny pork creature. Oh, one does not simply move on from monster porn podcast. You cucks know what God said was the only way out of working for me. Don't tell me you've done the deed without inviting me. We did it in our hearts. We've made our peace and moved on. Guys, there's a hole in my head. Hold that thought, fleshbag! Yes, hold that thought, Matt. It's literally falling out on the carpet. My holiday is upon us, mortals. The day of my worship has arrived. You know, the day that's like uh, that Christmas thing, but about me, my me-mass. Halloween? Are you talking about Halloween? It's not about you. <laughs> yeah, well, then what is it about? Uh, the... That's right! Halloween is loaded with symbolism for my worship. The candy corn represents my conical, multicolored nubbin. It goes in your mouth, and you won't like it, damn it! The pumpkins symbolize my hearty, gourd-like testicles. The faces you carve in them uh, are the faces that look back at you from my hearty, gourd-like testicles. I knew it. Brett? Brett, listen to me. Matt, you're still alive. Brett, I, I came to... Uh, to find you, to tell you about the problem. Why you have to come back. I know, Matt. I understand now. Puggles won't be stopped. No. You left my audio equipment locked in your house. The iron gate swung closed with a clang. A tall boy in a black t-shirt and tattered jeans turned and said in a loud whisper, Dude, watch that. Whatever, Chucky, a shorter bespectacled boy with black hair and a pouty voice said. He could have been the same age or years younger. By looking, you would never know. They were both on the cusp of turning 15, which made them high school freshmen. Chance, the tall redhead who people called Chucky due to his resemblance to the maniacal doll from the movies, had been shaving for over a year now. 
Owen, the short dark-haired boy, still got the under-12 discount at Al's diner when he and his parents went out on Wednesday nights. Behind them, a short girl with brown hair hanging down to her waist came slipping silently through the gate and into the open yard that was covered in the yellow, discarded leaves of the cottonwood trees. See? Chance whispered. That's how you do it. He gave Bridget a greedy sort of look, like she belonged to him. Owen looked away. I think they only heard you in town, Bridget said, punching Owen on the shoulder. He rounded on her, but then saw she was smiling at him. She was a small girl, with small features and eyes like cuts of jade. His anger was dissolved when she touched his arm gently. Then, when she went and stood next to Chance, Owen felt an ebbing sadness. Bridget was the punk rock girl he'd dreamed about ever since he was six years old and watched an Avril Lavigne music video. He'd met Bridget when he was nine, and along with Chance, the three of them had been nearly inseparable over the past five years. Only recently, after Chance and Amy had broke off their three-week-long relationship that had consisted of one handhold at the movies and a peck on the cheek that Chance had yet to stop talking about, had Bridget showed any interest in Chance, though Owen had expected it for a year or more. So where is this creep fest? Bridget said. This is so dumb, Owen said as he walked up and stood beside her. It's just a big dumb pumpkin. You're a big dumb pumpkin, Bridget said, and then she leaned into him hard with her shoulder. Owen nearly stumbled, but his heart seemed to skip a beat or two any time Bridget touched him. Shush, you two, Chance said, giving them a sidelong glance as he threw his arm around Bridget. She leaned into his chest, and Owen hated how natural that looked for the two of them. He also hated how big Chance had gotten. He was a head taller than both Bridget and Owen, who were roughly the same size. Owen stood up as tall as he could. She's supposed to keep it in the shed behind the old well, Chance said. Yeah, and how would anyone ever know that? Owen said dismissively. He'd been complaining about sneaking onto the old Gallagher woman's property ever since Chance had suggested it. Owen didn't want to go. He thought it more likely that they'd end up caught by the police than they would encounter anything supernatural. But then he saw how excited Bridget had become at Chance's proposition. He'd relented and grudgingly went along. Don't be such a killjoy, Bridget said. Live a little, bub. That absolutely killed Owen, how she pulled sayings from comic books, like Wolverine's famous favorite word, bub. Can she be any cooler, he thought, and his heart answered with a resounding no. They say that the shed is behind the west wing of the house, Chance said, and he began walking to the right. That's not west, Owen whispered. Chance started to disagree, but then looked towards the mountains where the last glow of the sun lighted the otherwise dark sky in a splash of pink. He nodded, and they went to the left instead. As they came over a slight rise, the sprawling manse became visible over the row of cottonwoods that lined the drive. They stood like zombie sentinels watching over the dead. Here or there, a browning, yellow leaf clung to their gray branches, which looked like the stiffened exoskeletons of giant dead bugs. Owen shivered slightly as they passed them. They followed a stone path until they could see the gray facade of the stone manse. Vines crept over the surface of the edifice in a way that made Owen think of arteries and veins clinging to bone. The large windows were like the dead eyes of a skull, and the front door was the closed maw of a beast that could swallow you whole. They stopped and gaped at the house for a moment, but then a lamp flickered on in one of the upstairs windows, and the three of them ran wildly down the path. The wind blew and the leaves swirled. Somewhere in the distance, the last thunder of the season rumbled slowly. 
They came to a small shed that looked like nothing else on the property. For the house, the stone fence and the iron gate had been a little overgrown with plants, but otherwise looked solid and rich. The shed was a leaning hut of broken barn wood that had been bound together with fraying strands of rope, smaller twine, and rusted nails. The door looked like the gate of an old wooden fence more than it did the door to a shed. Yuck, Bridget said. Dude, Chance agreed, nodding. This is it? Owen asked, rolling his eyes, trying to dismiss the creeping sensation that told him to flee. Yeah, Chance said and pushed Owen forward. You first, bro. Owen shrugged off his hand and shot him a dirty look. But then he saw the expectant and hopeful look on Bridget's face and muttered, Fine, let's get this over with. He put his hands on the rusted metal handle and pulled, expecting the door to be latched or rusted shut. He nearly fell backwards as the door swung open freely. That's strange, Owen thought. Why didn't the wind blow it open? Then he saw the giant pumpkin inside of the shed, and he gasped. Chance moaned, Whoa! And Bridget let out a soft cry. In the town of Cross Creek, Wyoming, there was a local legend about the old Gallagher woman who lived in the mansion on the hill. It was said that she had earned her fortune selling large real estate holdings passed down from previous generations. That, and she owned a series of textile mills, that had earned her a quarter of a billion dollars before she sold them out at a premium price during the early days of the dot-com boom. She seemed to have a life that was blessed with luck, but the secret to her luck was the creature she kept locked away on her family's property. It was said that her great-grandfather, who had built his fortune in the oil industries in the Far East, brought an item of immense power back from his time exploring in the East. Now, there were several places where locals disagreed over the details, but none perhaps more than what it was that the woman kept on her property. Some said it was a small trinket that imbued the owner with great luck. Others said it was a small disfigured creature who absorbed all of the bad luck from the owner, leaving them with no other option than an abundant life. A few said it was a genie that offered you one wish but you dare not make any wishes, as it was only capable of granting horrors and tragedies. It was said that resisting the temptation to make a wish is what allowed the Gallaghers such prosperity, as they were empowered to be the owners of their own destiny. There were also some that said it was the heart of the spirit of Halloween, and she had it locked in the shed, and every year it grew and then wilted. Owen had never believed those stories. But now, as he approached the large pumpkin in the shed, one which grew from vines as big around as Owen's thigh and was as orange as a Wyoming sunset, Owen found he may believe a little of each of them. Owen? Bridget said. Are you going to make a wish? Dude, Chance shouted, grinning like a fool. Bridget's comment drew Chance from the trance he'd slipped into. He moved forward, intent upon stopping Owen from using the one wish, if there was such a thing. Chance grabbed Owen by the shoulder. And normally, this would have been enough to stop Owen in his tracks. Chance was much stronger than Owen, but Owen's jacket slipped off of his shoulder just enough for him to fall forward, catching himself upon the giant gourd. Dude, not fair, Chance balked. Wish for a million dollars. No! A billion dollars for all of us. No soup for you, Chucky, Owen said as he looked at the pumpkin. He would have sworn that for a moment it had glowed where his hands had touched it where his hand was still touching it. But now, 
It just looked like his hand was resting on a giant pumpkin. Get it together, Owen, he thought. And then he did wish something, though it was more of an imaginative slip than a true wish. He pictured himself being bigger, stronger, and better looking than Chance. It was a brief visualization, and then a thought was pulled from his mind. It's not fair that some things get to be powerful while others are weak. Something moved beneath Owen's hand, and he leapt back. Chance groaned, Wah! And Bridget shrieked. The three of them looked at each other, and Owen began to laugh. Did you make a wish? Chance asked. I don't, I don't think so, Owen said, and he was really unsure what just happened. Dude, I swear the pumpkin moved, bro. For real? Bridget said, looking far less the devil-may-care punk girl, and more like the frightened child she had not so long ago been. Don't be idiot, Chance said with manufactured bravado. Owen began to laugh, thinking he had surely just freaked himself out. He leaned back in and put his hand on the pumpkin. He ran his hand over it, grinning at Chance. Hey, Genie, it's me, Aladdin, he said. Mr. Aladdin, sir, have a wish short two or three, Chance said in his best Robin Williams genie voice from the Disney cartoon Aladdin. Bridget laughed. Owen leaned in and put his head up against the side of the pumpkin. Oh, that's cute. He likes it, Chance said. Dude, something is in there, I swear, Owen said as he walked around the pumpkin listening. Seeds and goo, Chance said. No, like... It felt like something bumped the pumpkin from the inside, Owen said. Oh, cute, it's Prager's, Bridget said. I hope it's a boy. Owen ignored this as his heart rate trebled. He put both hands on the pumpkin and searched out the surface. Ah! He shouted and jumped back again. This time, the other two didn't fall for the jump scare, but instead they looked back and forth from Owen to the pumpkin. What? Bridget asked. Owen only pointed. His mouth moved, but no words came out. Oh, hardy har har, Chance said as he walked over to the pumpkin, approaching slowly, as though it were something that may bite if he got too close. Then he turned around and shrugged. It's just a pumpkin, dude. Bridget saw it, too. Chance was walking back and forth, gesticulating. All the while, he didn't notice the pumpkin behind him was rippling with the stress of something pressing from the inside out. To Bridget, it looked like a foot pressing against a pregnant woman's belly, or one of those alien things from the movies trying to burst out of someone's stomach. Chance turned just in time to catch a face full of pumpkin guts as the top broke off of the pumpkin and something toppled over the edge and slid to the ground. Oh, what is that? Bridget cried out in a deep moan. Chance stumbled backwards, his mouth opening and closing like a fish out of water. Owen stepped forward, looking at the small, flailing pile of pumpkin pulp and seeds. He could see a slimy, worm-like tail and matted, greasy fur. As he got closer, something hissed at him, and then they saw the yellow eye of a deformed-looking rat. It was covered in tumors, and its fur was patchy. It had one black eye and a deformed, broken jaw. It limped away into the darkness on uneven legs leaving a trail behind it in the dirt. It must have chewed its way in, Owen said, walking circles around the pumpkin. He felt Bridget by his side. Chance was still standing by the door, clearly shaken. 
I don't see any entry hole, Owen said. Maybe it dug up from the bottom, Bridget said weakly. Yeah, maybe, Owen said. A moment later, an alarm sounded, and floodlights popped on all around the main house. They ran until they reached the stone fence and climbed over it. That night, Owen had a fitful sleep full of fragmented, terrible dreams. Just before he woke in the morning, he dreamed that he walked out the front door of his house and down the walkway to the street. On the opposite side of the street was an old truck. He walked closer, and when he did, two rats popped up out of the bed of the truck. They were large with long, wiry hair and oversized noses. They looked a little like the rats from the Muppet shows he used to watch when he was younger. But instead of the egg-shaped cartoon eyes, these rats had coal-black eyes and large fangs. They moved back and forth behind the bed of the truck as though someone was putting on a puppet show. Hey, Jimmy. Look-see-here-see. See. It's our boy Owen, the smaller of the two rats said. He had a pirate's patch over his right eye, and he had lost a front tooth. There was something dried on his fur that looked like blood. Uh, yeah, Pete, uh, yeah, sure looks like him, don't it? Short and skinny with hair like a raven's tail feathers. Look-see, Jimmy, that's what he's got, see? Yeah, Pete, hey, yeah, I, I thinks, I thinks I do. Hey, Owen, see, you've got something big coming your way, the smaller rat said. Owen tried to ask what, but he couldn't speak. For that matter, he couldn't move either. Tell him, Pete. Yeah, yeah, tell him. Someone made a teensy with the wishy-poo at the vine, the small rat said. Oh, he didn't. Did he, Pete? Yeah, 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 did he? I didn't. Owen tried to say, but it came out in a cracked, thin whisper. I think he's trying to say something, Pete. Yeah, yeah, his lips moved. Come again, Owen? Pete the Rat said as he put his paw up behind his ear in a speak-up gesture. He was missing three toes on his paw. Owen took a deep breath, and though internally he was screaming, the words only came out in a mumble. I didn't make a wish. Looksy, looksy, looksy. Little bitty Owen didn't wish nothing, did he? Pete said. Owen thought that they were strange names for rats. This is just a dream, Owen told himself, and he knew he was right. Sometimes, when he knew he was dreaming, he'd be able to take control of the dream and fly or have telekinetic powers. But he couldn't move in this one. Here is the problem, Owen. I think you did make a wish. You wished the teeny-weeny things in this world would get a chance to be stronger. No, Owen whispered. He tried with everything in him to scream. Oh, but see, you did, Owen. You did, right, Jimmy? Yeah, yeah, Pete. That's right, Jimmy said. No, Owen said, and this time it was loud and strong. Both rats withdrew a little, shocked, and then the smaller, disfigured rat leaned over and said, I'll tell you what, Owen, my boy, it's already in the works. Tomorrow night, see, look, see, look, see. When the sun goes down, all God's little creatures are going to get a little teensy bitsy bigger. Look, see, hear me, Owen, hear me, look, see. From twilight to midnight, all that is small will grow large. That's not what I wished for, Owen said, straining on every syllable. Well. 
maybe. But it's always a little difficult when your wish is a thought instead of spoken, and as far as wishes go, yours was a vague one. You really ought to be more specific, see? The rat said, and then both rats laughed. So we're gonna give you a little taste of what's to come, the small rat said, and suddenly it was twilight, and Owen had to get back to the front door of his house. He turned, and it took every ounce of his strength and concentration just to be able to do so. He wanted to run, but he moved like he was trying to sprint underwater. Ha ha! Ten! Nine! Eight! Owen! Seven! Better run! Six! Five! Looksy! Looksy! The rat counted while the bigger rat shouted, Yeah! Yeah! As though it promulgated his deepest thoughts, Owen pushed as hard as he could. Four! Three! You ready, see? Owen reached the door. Two! One! Owen grabbed the door and pulled. Just then, the rat's laughter turned into a shriek, and then a howl of pain, and then a monstrous roar. The door swung closed behind him, and Owen woke up sweating and a little delirious. He didn't sleep much the rest of that night. Teen Wolf? Like the old school one? Bridget said as Owen approached her after school. I saw you in the hall, but I didn't know that was you. You got the jacket, but you just need a little more fur. She offered him a fist bump, and he took it gladly. You look good. I mean, a uh, cool costume, Owen said. Bridget was wearing an x-ray skeleton costume, and her face was painted up like a cartoon skull. They stood by the back entrance to the schoolyard, where they had planned to meet up after school to go trick-or-treating. Where's Chance? Bridget asked. Uh, you know, he's always slow. Did you see him today? Owen asked. The three of them didn't have any classes together this year. No, Bridget said. We usually sit together at lunch, but he had detention for being tardy. Suddenly, from behind them, there was a swooshing of a cape, and Chance stepped out and shouted, I want to suck your blood, in an accent that sounded somehow closer to Australian than Romanian to Owen. What? Bridget said as Chance, dressed in black, with his face painted charcoal, wearing a cape and red sunglasses, swooped in toward them. What do you mean? Chance stopped, mid-dramatic swoop. Oh, Bridget said. Oh, I get it. Vampire. Dead vampire? Owen asked. No, dude, I just, you know, thought it'd be like super creepy if you could only see my teeth at night, Chance said, looking a little put off. You know, they glow? The kids made their way to Eagle Point, a suburb on the edge of the town where all the rich people gave out a ton of candy. They'd do the loop and then go to the cemetery right around dusk to creep themselves out before heading back home. As they approached the first house, Bridget let out a squeak and jumped sideways, nearly knocking Owen to the ground. She held his hand and leaned away from the curb for just a moment. Hey, what? Chance started to protest, but then he cringed in disgust. Owen wasn't paying attention and the suddenness of Bridget grabbing his arm and his hand confused him, but then he saw it and he let her hand go. She didn't even look at him. She was staring at a pile of leaves moving in the gutter on the side of the road. Oh, what is that? Bridget asked as Owen approached it and gently pushed it with his foot. A body rolled out of the pile of leaves. The body of a small bird. It was lying on its side, convulsing in pain. One of its wings looked broken, or perhaps the bird was just deformed. Its wing was twisted and disfigured. 
Gross, man. Kick it out into the street. Maybe somebody will run over it. Chance said. Owen shook his head. What is wrong with that thing, Owen? Put it out of its misery. Like what? Step on its head? No way, Owen said. He didn't want the bird to suffer, but he did not want to know what it would feel like to stomp a bird to death. He watched it lying on its side, panting with its beak wide open, soaking wet in the gutter from the rains earlier in the day. Okay, Owen said suddenly. Yeah, okay, I'll do it. I can't watch it suffer. Owen spread his feet apart to make sure he had a wide base. He didn't want to fall down, and his legs were now feeling a little shaky. You can do this, he told himself, while another voice in his mind said, What, are you crazy? He raised his foot in the air and was just about to bring it down when the bird squawked terribly and then did something so god-awful that Owen moaned and fell away. It reached forward with a long, clawed hand on the end of its gross wing and pulled itself forward, dragging its body quickly across the road and into some bushes. What? What is that? Bridget blurted out. Neither Chance or Owen responded for a moment as the bird disappeared into the bushes. Then there was a strange shriek, and the bush shook. Oh, dude, that was one sweet Halloween prop, Chance said and turned towards the house. I see you, 1255 Meridian Drive, he shouted. That was dope! Owen and Bridget looked at one another, and then Bridget seemed to decide Chance's version of events must have been right. She began to laugh and shake her head. Owen could only stand and watch them for a moment. By the time it was getting dark, the three friends had made out pretty well. They had used their school backpacks for trick-or-treat bags and had filled them about halfway with candy, except for Chance, who'd taken liberties with bowls of candy that had been set out at a couple of homes. As they made their way toward the cemetery, as was their Halloween custom, Chance stopped dead in his tracks. Whoa! Hey, kid, what a costume! Holy cow, how did you make that? Lumbering past them on the opposite side of the street was what looked like a giant wolf-like creature with a rat-like tail. Its fur was matted and bloody, and its eyes were black as night. The whiskers on its face moved as it turned and appeared to sniff the air with its large nose. Its teeth were several inches long and stuck out in unnatural directions from its snout. Slime dripped from its jowls. Whoa, that is so lifelike, Chance said as he started to cross the street towards it. Bridget went to follow, but Owen caught her by the arm. His dream was coming back to him. What? Bridget said as she looked at Owen. Unlike the dream, Owen could still move and speak. Chucky, man, don't go over there. Owen said. Oh, and stop being such a baby. Hey, hey, kid! Chance shouted, crossing the middle of the street. The thing on the other side of the street had stopped and was staring at him. That's a seriously cool costume, kid. Did you make it yourself? The thing nodded. Oh, look at that tail! Chance said, and he reached down and patted the rat-looking tail. Man, that feels just like a rat's tail! He said. The tail flopped hard once, and Chance said... Dude, you can move it. That is sick. He started patting at the shoulders and said, Is that real fur? That feels just like my dad's bear rug. 
And how did you make the mouth look so real? Chance reached his hand toward the thing's mouth, and Owen yelled, Chucky, don't! Cool it, man, Chance said. His hand paused inches from the thing's mouth. He turned his head to look back at Owen, and that is when the beast snapped its jaws in one quick bite. Blood sprayed through the air, and Chance screamed. Just then, a car of teenagers came flying around the corner. The car slowed enough for someone to shout, Hey, baby, I'd feel those bones! at Bridget. And then they chucked a pumpkin out the window, and it splattered on the street in front of them. The creature, scared by the car, ran down the alley. It turned next to a dumpster, and the last thing they saw was its long, flesh-colored tail slipping over the gravel and out of sight. Owen ran to Chance and pulled him back across the street. Chance clutched his hand to his chest and was doubled over at his waist. Not sobbing, but moaning, he looked like he would pass out at any moment. Chucky, let me see it, Owen said as he pulled an extra shirt he kept in his backpack out and began tearing it into strips. He reached for Chance's hand, but Chance flinched away from him. Chucky, Owen shouted and found his chest swelling with anger. He was hurt. But why was Chance, who was so big and strong, acting like such a wimp? If he didn't let Owen help him so that they could get out of here, that thing could come back and finish what it started on Chance's hand. Owen raised his hand in the air. Owen! Bridget shouted, but he barely heard her. He slapped Chance as hard as he could. Chance's face snapped to the right with the force of the slap, and at first his eyes were wide and stunned. Why did you do that? He said weakly, and then with a hint of anger. What's your problem, Owen? That's right, get good and mad at me, Owen thought. Whatever brings you back to the present and makes you stop blubbering. You need to let me see your hands so I can help you. Owen said, and he hated seeing Chance look so weak and scared. If Chance looks this way, what must I look like, being so harsh, Owen thought. Okay, Chance said, and he brought up his hand as he made a strange mewling sound. His forefinger and middle finger were crossed, but not in a way that would bring you any luck. They were both broken or perhaps dislocated, the middle joint, and bent at strange angles. They looked like they had been caught in a weed whacker. There were lacerations and strips of flesh hanging off of them. Owen could see the bone. The flow of blood was already slowing, and that was good. I think one is broken, Owen said, but your middle finger is dislocated. I've seen this in basketball a couple of times. Chucky, I can set it. It may hurt a little, but it'll feel better when I'm done, I think, Owen said. Oh, God, Chance moaned and looked away. Just whatever, get it over with he said. Wait, Bridget said as she dug through her backpack. She brought out a large Laffy Taffy. Here, bite on this, she said as she unwrapped it and handed the pink, tongue-looking piece of chewy candy to Chance. He put it lengthwise across his mouth and held it with his teeth like a bit meant for a horse. She took his other hand in both of hers, and Owen did his best to ignore the moment of affection. Okay, Chance said. Okay, just do it. Owen did it. He could feel the joints stretch and pop back into place as Chance groaned in pain. But not because setting his middle finger hurt. It was the fact that to do so, Owen had to push against his other, broken finger. Sorry, Owen said. It's okay, Chance mumbled. Bridget wiped off his face with one of the strips of shirt. Beneath his heavy makeup, his face was pale. 
He turned and took the taffy out of his mouth and vomited. Bridget let out a cry and patted Chance on the back. She looked at Owen, tears streaking down her cheeks, her eyes red. What was that thing? She asked. Owen shrugged. He was sad and deflated all of a sudden. The intense emotions were leaving him, and he felt helpless to be sad that Bridget was comforting Chance. He understood how selfish it was, but it was still there. Call 911, Bridget said. Owen had already took out his phone and began dialing. He held the phone to his ear while the phone rang and rang and rang. Oh, Chance moaned. His face was pale and he was fighting, passing out. What is it? What's the matter? Bridget asked. Owen hated hearing the urgent fear in her voice. They aren't answering, Owen said. What do you mean they aren't answering? It's 911, Bridget cried. Let me try again, Owen said. And he quickly hung up and dialed. He put the phone to his ear. What? Owen said. He couldn't believe what he was hearing. What is it? It's busy, Owen said. How can 911 be busy? Bridget started to say something, but then a concussive series of pops rang out across the sudden stillness of the night. Fireworks. That had to be fireworks. Probably those punks that just drove by messing with someone else, Bridget said. Owen shook his head. Those sounded like gunshots to me, Owen said. That was a, that was a 22, Chance said, laying his head back against the parked car he sat next to and closing his eyes. Probably a, probably a handgun. Chance had grown up hunting with his dad and had experience with such things. What do we do, Owen said. I'm going to try, Bridget said and took her phone out. She dialed put the phone to her ear, shook her head, hung up, and dialed again. Ah! She shouted, What is going on? I'll, I'll call Chance's dad, Owen said, and then I'll call my parents. Bridget, you should call your mom. Owen found Mr. P in his phone and dialed it. It rang a few times. Owen, the voice said on the other side. Owen, is that you? Yeah, it's me, Mr. P, Owen said. Owen, are, are you and Chance okay? Mostly, listen, Mr. P? Owen started to say. Owen, Mr. P interrupted him. Owen, listen to me. I don't know what's happening, but you kids have to make it to our shop over on Arapahoe, okay? Yeah, but Mr. P, listen. No time, Owen. Get to the shop. If you're near the cemetery like you usually are on Halloween, then you are close, Mr. P whispered. Then Owen heard a sound, like the phone dropping, and in the background he heard Mr. P yell, all right, all right, you come and get some, mother... The rest was drowned out in a series of explosions. Owen pulled the phone away from his ear, and in the distance, he thought he could hear more gunshots. What happened? Chance asked. Uh, your dad told us to meet him at the shop, Owen said, and then he started shooting something. Both Bridget and Chance were silent. Bridget's eyes were doing something that made Owen uncomfortable. She looked all around as though she was terrified something would just jump out at them from anywhere. They were about five blocks from the Peterson shop building. To get there, they had to go two blocks past the entry to the cemetery and then turn left, and it was a straight shot for another few blocks. They could be there in just a few minutes, so they began walking. Color had returned to Chance's face, and his eyes were more alert, and that was good. Owen hoped it would last. The night closed in around them like a bear trap slowly grinding against a rusted hinge. There were strange noises. 
Occasionally, there were shrieks and screams, but then long periods of ominous black silence. They hurried from street lamp to street lamp, like the darkened ground between each halo of light would break open into pits of lava. But then they were reluctant to leave the light. The large wrought iron gate that guarded the cemetery stood to their right. Inside it was total darkness. The gravestones stuck up from the darkness like crooked dull teeth. It was just then, as they passed it, that Bridget stopped them and pointed up towards the next street lamp ahead of them. A bee, one of the few that had yet to die off this season, flew in drunken swoops and into the ring of light. It's a bug. Let's keep going, Owen said. He was calculating the distance to the shop. They were really close. Chance groaned, his face white. He began shaking his head. Just a few more blocks, Owen said, thinking Chance was going to puke again. But he wasn't bending over to retch up the taffy he'd been chewing on. Instead, he was pointing with his good hand up at the bug. Owen looked up as the bee dropped to the ground, as if it had been shot out of the air by some tiny sniper. It bounced when it hit the ground, lay still and silent for a moment, and then it twitched once, and then twice, and then it lay still again. Bridget started to speak, and then her voice caught in her throat. A giant insectile leg burst from the side of the bee and it slammed down onto the asphalt. Then came another, and then another, until the tiny bee's body was being held up by three-foot-long jagged legs that stood and walked around like a thing with no brain, stumbling to and fro. Then the bee's wings grew into giant things that were not large replicas of bee wings, but something more bat-like and terrible. The body swelled. The fuzzy Hairs stuck out like splintered glass, and the stinger curled into a giant, foot-long, oily-looking hook that reminded Owen of the things that fishermen would use to hook fish with on the docks in the movies. Next was its head. It grew and morphed, the insides rippling beneath the exoskeleton. The giant compound eyes seemed to focus on them. There were pincers and teeth sticking up from powerful jaws, the forelimbs had become something like giant clawed hands. Wep, wep, wep. The wings began flapping in an increasing rhythm. It rose off of the ground, failed, shook its massive head and rose again, this time achieving flight. It was the size of a pit bull. It leaned forward and flew at them. Owen shoved Bridget and Chance toward the cemetery, and the three kids ran into the cover of night. of a granite slab. On the side facing him it said, Here lies Andy Matheson, friend of Bert. Where he looked now, he could see the top of Bridget's ponytail sticking up over a grave about fifty feet away. Chance was to his left, a few graves over. Above them, they could hear the terrible flapping of wings. Bridget stood up and he motioned to her. But she shook her head and then dropped back down. A moment later, the bee thing came swooping down and crashed haphazardly into a tree. It seemed to Owen the creature had yet to fully adjust to its new body, and that was why they were still alive. Chance! Owen whispered, and Chance rolled his head slightly towards Owen. He was no longer pale and on the verge of passing out, but instead, he now had a manic, feverish expression that Owen liked even less. We need to get to your dad's shop. On the count of three, let's make a run to Bridget, he said, and Chance saluted him and then laughed. The boy stood up and ran towards Bridget. 
Chance was faster, but Owen was more agile and could work his way around the headstones quicker. He slipped in behind Bridget, and a moment later, Chance was there. Okay, we need to go back to the front gate, I think. I think we can lose it, Owen said. What do you mean? It can fly, Bridget said. Not very well yet. I think it's still getting used to its, well, its new body, Owen said. I think that it, that it is in here, trying to fly through the trees, and it's having trouble keeping up with us. Ah, the Queen Bee isn't Han Solo, got it? Chance said. Owen looked at him. He was lying back against a headstone, shaking his head. The three of them ran back toward the gate, weaving in and out of the trees, through the headstones, over walking paths and roads. The sound of wings pursued them, and in its frustration to keep up, the beast let out a wraith-like scream. Owen was in the back. He'd made sure to keep Bridget ahead of him. Chance was running fast, but occasionally putting his arms out and making airplane noises. His dissociation from reality was becoming more and more troubling to Owen, but as long as Owen could get them to the shop building, he didn't care. In the distance, there were screams, gunshots, and Owen thought he may have heard an explosion. Just past the tree line where the entry opened up before them, something slammed into Bridget's back, sending her sprawling. Owen saw the stinger flash out and strike, but the creature turned at the last minute, not expecting to have flown in so low and trying to avoid the impact its stinger missed. It tumbled in the grass and then stood on its overlong, unsteady legs and ran back toward Bridget. Its giant stinger instinctively pumped, and Owen couldn't help but think of his dog, overly excited as a puppy, walking through the kitchen and humping the air. He looked around for a weapon, but the best thing he could come up with was a stick that was about three feet long and maybe two inches in diameter. The beast crawled towards Bridget. She tried to stand and slipped. It slammed into her side and knocked her to the ground. The stinger stabbed this way and that. The beast climbed on top of her, pinning her down with its strange hand-like pincers. The stinger of the beast pushed down, and as Bridget turned her hips just in time, it missed. The thing shook in anger, and then it lifted her by the shoulders and slammed her to the ground several times. Bridget groaned, and Owen could tell by her eyes that she had hit her head. The stinger rose backwards and then pumped forward. Owen threw the stick, but it didn't matter. He was too far away, and the stick was too small. Just before the stinger made contact, the bee was suddenly grabbed from behind and pulled backwards. It pulled at Bridget, rolling her in the dirt and dragging her with it as something else pulled the beast back into the darkness. Bridget! Chance shouted and landed on his knees next to her. He looked terrified, but more sane, and Owen was thankful. Owen dropped down on his knees and rolled Bridget over. Her head lolled this way and that, and she groaned. The two boys pulled her into a sitting position, and her eyes swam back into focus. And then suddenly, she began kicking and clawing at them. Chance fell away with a groan, but Owen, despite the fact that she had scratched him across the cheek, grabbed her by the wrists and said, It's okay! It's me! It's us! Bridget's eyes found him, and she stopped thrashing. Bridget, we need to go, Owen said. Gotta go to Pop Shop, Chance said more soberly, but with a hint of glee in his voice that Owen disliked. Okay, hurry now before it comes back, Owen said. As if summoned from his words, the beast came crawling out of the trees, up and over the headstones. If an insect could look scared, then Owen thought this thing looked terrified. Behind it, 
Something large and horribly fluffy was pounding the air in a jolting rhythm. Suddenly it leapt, and Owen beheld a terrible vision of a creature that looked like God had taken a saber-toothed tiger and gave it all the trappings of a squirrel. Giant soft tail and all, it landed hard upon the back of the bee thing and sunk its nine-inch long canines into the bee's head. It shook the bee like a rag until the exoskeleton broke and the head came off in a spray of yellow goo. The creature stood, resting like a squirrel on its haunches, but looking like something prehistoric and awful. Not only did it have fangs like a saber-toothed tiger, but it looked to be the size of an actual tiger. It panted, and then it turned its horrible black eyes onto Owen. It dropped the head, and webs of saliva and yellow goo swung from its jaws. Then it bared its fangs and let out a in a voice that was far too baritone for a squirrel's chittering. It ran back up the tree, its huge claws stripping ribbons of bark and wood. They were in sight of the shop building. It was a large metal building with a steep roof. They were still more than a block away, but they moved slowly, huddled together shoulder to shoulder and ducking behind the parked cars. The town around them was a strange hellscape of nightmare sights and sounds. Gunshots, and in the distance they could see houses on fire, the flames illuminating the night like glowing eyes. There were shrieks of pain and ungodly roars. Occasionally, they would duck as some large unseen thing circled in the air above them. In one yard, they had seen worms as large as boa constrictors and armed with large sucker mouths full of teeth navigating the loose soil like sea serpents cresting the surface of the ocean. One had a Nike shoe in its mouth, and in that shoe, a foot. Three German shepherds ran by chasing a rabbit that was as big as a VW bug, and it escaped by leaping onto the roof of a house. A paint turtle came out from a home. It was likely a pet being kept indoors, and it moved down the sidewalk like an armored tank. It was as long as a pickup truck and half as tall. It ignored the three of them, but it went after the worms. Chomping one of them in half with its large beak and grasping another in its webbed hand, tearing it with its claws and slamming it to the ground, a portion of the worm tore and flew out into the street where it writhed on the ground. Something big and black swooped down upon it, landing like a shadow, and then it flew off in a rush of wind. The worm held in its claws. They ran the rest of the way to the shop. Inside, they found the place empty. Chance's dad had not yet made it to them. The power still worked, and they considered the lights, but then decided against them. The doors were large and had several locks. They secured them all, and then, for safety, they rolled one of the benches in front of it. Owen told them about his thought he had when he touched the pumpkin, how he thought it was unfair that things could be so unbalanced when it came to strength. You wished for this? Chance said. I didn't make a wish, I just had my hand on the stupid thing and a thought popped into my head. I didn't believe the stories and I didn't want to be there in the first place. Of course you wished you could be bigger. You're always so jealous. Oh, poor Owen this and poor Owen that. You're such a whiner. Did you ever consider that you're lucky? You're the smartest kid in our class. But to you, that doesn't matter much for anything, does it? It's never mattered to anyone else unless they were cheating off of one of my tests, Owen said. 
That's where being smart gets you. People who are too dense need you around until the girls show up. Then you're just a back to stand on for them to stand up and flex. Stop it, Bridget said. Chance, Owen obviously didn't mean for this to happen. You and I didn't believe it either. We were just looking to do something out of boredom. So don't act like this is his fault. Go ahead and stand up for him, Chance shouted. You two deserve one another, Chance said, and he stormed off. Now that they were in the relative safety of the shop, Chance had regained a bit of himself. Owen wasn't sure whether or not this was a good thing. He opened his mouth to give Chance the last word. He didn't want to be outdone. But then there was this horrible screeching of something huge and sharp, scraping against the sides of the building. They fell to the ground, clutching their ears. It was like the world's largest fingernails going down a chalkboard, and Owen thought that was likely to be close to what it was. There was silence. It's solid metal. They can't get in here, can they? Bridget asked, and then screeched. A box elder bug walked by. It was the size of a skateboard, but it appeared to be harmless. Chance booted it, and it flew across the room, and then landed on one of the posts holding up the second level's platform. It crawled away slowly. Outside, something pushed and scratched at the sides of the building. Something is trying to get in, Owen said. There was one small vinyl window at the end of the shop building. The three of them looked at it, but none of them moved toward it. There was another scratching on the metal. Finally, Chance went. Oh, God. It's coming back to finish me off, and it's, it's bigger! Chance moaned and fell to the floor. Owen went and peeked out of the window. He saw what Chance saw, a rat the size of a wolf, with a tail just as long, was pawing at the side of the building. What Chucky hadn't seen was the 20 or 30 of them coming down the street. We need weapons, Owen said. I think that's why your dad sent us here. There was a room in the back of the shop that Chance took them to. Inside of it, they turned on a light. There was a chainsaw hanging up. Electric and CO2-powered framing nail guns. There were several machetes, and beneath the table were a few propane tanks and gas cans. Chance took the chainsaw. Owen and Bridget each took a nail gun and a machete. Chance took a wire and tied back the safety mechanism on the tip of the gun. Owen pulled the trigger, and a three-and-a-half-inch nail shot out and ricocheted off the workbench. It wasn't perfect, but it was better than nothing. They took the propane tanks and weapons and went back out into the main shop building. A rat's head burst through the window, and Owen remembered a pet mouse he had in a cage as a child. It would always escape, and it didn't look like it should be able to. His mom had said, Well, if it can fit its head through the bars, its body will get through eventually. It turned out, his mom was right. Chance pulled the rope on his saw and it sputtered at first, but then it roared into life. As the rat pulled itself in, he brought down the saw on its head. There was a shriek and a grinding sound. The rat tried to back out of the window, but another was already climbing in behind it. Bridget jumped into action, putting the nail gun a few inches from the side of the second rat's head and pulling the trigger. Its black eye sprayed blood as a nail found purchase in the soft tissues there. Owen hoped for a moment the two bodies would stop the others, but the rat was pulled away and another was coming through. He put the nail gun into its forehead and it dropped. They were so focused on the window that they didn't see the garage door was being forced open. Not at first, anyways. There were claws curling underneath the door and pulling upward. The panels of the garage door were buckling beneath the strain. Chance ran down the row with his saw, taking the rat's hands apart at the knuckles. Outside, there were horrible shrieks. 
It sounded like there were rat beasts everywhere outside, trying to climb the building, trying to come in through the windows. Large bodies were slamming against the garage doors, and they dented and buckled. Owen had an idea then, but he didn't have time to explain it. He ran back into the tool room, grabbed the propane tanks and a small can of gas and a butane torch, and hauled them all back into the main room. Bridget gave him a strange look, but then seemed to catch on. Owen went to the garage door. There were claws coming through between those panels. He hoped he had enough time. Here, Bridget said, and she ran back to get the other propane tanks. They were the standard grill-sized tanks, and Owen had no idea what type of explosion they would make. As he set up the tanks by the door, he caught a glimpse of a digital clock on the back wall. It was 11.30. If his dream was accurate, they only needed to buy 30 more minutes. Chance was sawing away at a large gray thing that had come through the window and had appeared to plug it up. Owen bunched the propane tanks up in front of the door. Then he poured gasoline over them and made a trail back to the back room. Ah! Chance screamed as he sawed away. Chucky! Owen shouted and Chance looked up and then rounded the tanks and then the gas. He grinned like a lunatic and gave Owen a thumbs up. His broken finger stuck up the same way as his thumb. They huddled together in the room, listening to the sounds of the giant rats. Gunshots rang out in the distance, and creatures roared. The door exploded inwards, and rats, possibly hundreds of them, in all colors and sizes, funneled into the shop. Owen grabbed Bridget and kissed her hard, ignoring Chance's groans of displeasure. No! Chance screamed, and the two pulled away from one another. To Owen's surprise, Bridget was looking at him. Not with disgust or anger, but with excitement. Owen turned to Chance and realized he was not paying any attention to he and Bridget. Chance groaned again, clutching at his sides, dropping the chainsaw. Chucky? Owen said and fell beside Chance on his knees. Get it back! Chance groaned. His body was pulsating and something beneath the skin moved around. He screamed. Then there was silence. Bridget was sobbing again. Chucky, no! Owen whimpered. Chance looked around the room as though he were seeing ghosts, and then his eyes focused hard on Owen's. Owen, you were, you were wrong, Chance said. You were always the strong one. Chance stood and screamed at them to move. He ran, his back rippling and curling. Large lumps and muscles tore through his shirt as he threw open the door and ran into the garage, disappearing into the bodies of the rats. A moment later, the rats parted like Moses performing his party trick. The rats moved like water, parting down the center. Then, as they poured over one another, they kept the same distance of about 20 feet between the two writhing walls of tails, fur, and teeth. Down the center of that aisle, a giant, hideous beast stood up, and Owen let out a soft cry as he saw it. Bridget moaned. A huge, limping rat, mostly hairless and covered in giant tumors, moved down the center of the shop and toward the door. One of its feet drug across the gas can, spinning it. Gas sprayed in a circular motion all across the room. Owen! The thing growled as it lurched towards him, its rat army closing in around it, circling like a band of thieves around their lord. The beast which days before had been a small thing covered in pumpkin, was covered in smears of blood. The malicious yellow eye focused on him, 
Owen! It slurred again, a string of drool falling from its broken jaw, the gums of its mouth pink and moist beneath the decayed and broken teeth. It was large and horrible and dying and full of cancer and decay. Owen! It growled again. It was getting so close that Owen thought he could smell the death pouring off of the beast. This is your wish, Owen. But it is not the wish you meant to make. Come out! Come out, Owen! This brought Owen out of his trance. For good measure, he reached beneath the table and grabbed another can of gasoline. He chucked the gasoline can up and over the large rat. Gas poured over it as the can bounced down its back and landed making a glump, glump, glump sound as the can leaked out in coughs. Owen took the butane torch and reached his hand through the crack in the door. The rats hissed horribly and descended upon the door. Owen clicked the igniter once. Nothing happened. Oh God, he thought. No, this can't happen. It just can't. He clicked it again. Nothing. Before he had another opportunity to ignite the torch, a huge human form stood into the air, throwing rats like popping popcorn. <laughs> The huge chance beast roared. His eyes were black. His hair was actual fire that roared up to the ceiling. Chance opened his hideous mouth, exposing giant fangs that glowed with a fluorescent green. Huh, Owen thought. Chance was right. That is really creepy. The chance thing took up the giant rat and bit off its head in one chomp. Then Chance turned his hollow eyes towards Owen and Bridget, and grinned. Blood dripped from his glowing teeth. Before he could react, Bridget took the torch from him and clicked the igniter. Fire poured like liquid across the floor, and the rats seemed momentarily confused by it. They stopped and stared. The fire ran across the floor, and as if responding to some sort of psychic command, the smaller rats, those roughly the size of Labradors, threw themselves down in front of it, trying to break the trail. As Owen closed the door, he looked through the door's window. His heart nearly stopped as he saw the flames stop against a pile of rats. But then the gas still leaking from the second can poured across the flames and fire spread outward in a liquid ring. It roared around Chance's leg. And then to the place the gas pooled near the tanks, Owen saw Chance's flesh first redden, blister, and then the blisters tore, opening at the center and then receding outwards, exposing the meat beneath them. Chance screamed and charged at the door. When the propane tanks went, the ground shook and the lights went out. Bridget and Owen were thrown backwards as the door blew off of its hinges. Sometime later, they would never be sure how much time had passed. They went out into the shop building. There were no lights, but the fires on the small dead rat's bodies shone like torches in the night. Some of them kicked and screamed. All of them had returned to normal size. There was so much gore that they didn't stop to look. Leaning into one another, they stumbled into the night.
Well, Puggles, we convinced Brett to fly back from Japan with us, but now he's disappeared. Do you suppose he's consulting the River Beast? Or in the old musty section of the library? Perhaps he's communing with the spirits on Thunder Mountain. How about we try knocking on his door since we're standing on his stoop? (sighs) If we have to. I feel like you didn't really want to find him. Maybe not. Maybe you've enjoyed life almost being normal. For three months. Total and complete normalcy. Maybe I didn't want to exactly find you either. See? No answer. Let's go. Wait. I hear something inside. Mm -mm, Nope, he's not home. No. Put your ear down by the basement window. God, I'm fragging sexy with hair. Long, luscious, golden locks. Hot as all smoldering heck. Oh, he's just playing with his wig. Nothing more to see here. Let's go. I'd do me. <laughs> hey, hey, give it a minute. Give it a minute. I bet he's gonna tuck it. Do a mangina and sing. I'm a little teapot. <laughs> I'd do me. Hard. Oh, let's leave. I'm getting terrible second-hand embarrassment. That's right. It puts the conditioner in its hair, or else it gets it in the derriere. Oh, God, let's just back away from this. We were never here. If the feds ask... Oh, Matt! I thought I heard a fucking snake on my porch. Can I help you? Uh, I was just... I was just going... Uh, Wait, is it just me, or is your wig getting bigger and, um, multicolored? I can't go back to being bald, Matt. I'm way too sexy this way. Look at me! I look like some sort of sexy Fabio rock god. Look at it! I said, look at it! Oh, God, Puggles, club him, he's got scissors! (laughs) You clubbed him with your giant candy corn. Well, it's, uh, it's all I had on me. Oh. God, you cracked his head open on the cement. We killed him. Oh, God. We killed Brett. That's okay. What do you mean it's okay? Look. Look where his splattered brain should be. It's okay. He was a robot. This whole time? No. Idiot. This is one of Brett's sex robots. Why the fuck does Brett's sex robot look like Brett? Oh, hi, Matt. Ah! Another one. Don't I look sexy with hair? And another! Don't I look sexy with hair? Whatever you do, Matt, don't look in the basement, Matt. Never in the basement, Matt. I like your hair, Matt. I've always liked your hair. Konnichiwa, Watosa. Trick or treat! Oh, happy Halloween, kids. Welcome to my stoop. Here, have a candy corn. No, not that candy corn. This one. This one's only a demon penis, symbolically. That's a great unicorn costume. Just step over the corpse that looks like me and take one. Yep. And the corpse of my dead friend with the sloppy new haircut. Yep. Happy Halloween. That's what I like about this holiday. It's all for the kids, Puggles. Oh, that's the spirit of Halloween. Mimas. Happy Halloween, everybody. Monster Porn Podcast is a production of Warped Box Media. 
Today's story was The Unbeginning by Matt Cummins. Music by Fabio Rock God Brett Norwood. I like your hair. Can I wear it? Good day, Monster Baiters. Brett here. If you enjoyed this episode of Monster Porn, counselors will be available after the show. Thanks for all the great support during the break. Apple Podcast user Babraham Lincoln 1203 says, Terrific. Explicit content aside, this is awesome. But, Babraham Lincoln, did you get the implicit content? Pooch 2424 says, Should have written this 40 episodes ago. I've listened to just about every horror fiction podcast available and have recently come across Monster Porn. I've been binging this podcast over the last week and I'm almost caught up. And to be honest, the variety of this show has kept all my horror sci-fi and comedy cravings at bay. I never know what the next episode is going to bring, but I know it'll be quality. Thanks, Matt and Brett, for sharing what you love to do with the rest of us. We are better for it, I think. That's it! What do I usually say at the end? God, it's been a while. Today's story is The Embiggening by... Am I recording right now? Thanks for giving us a break. Honestly, the break was nice. I don't know if even... Ha! Already. Wah! Thanks for giving us a break. Honestly, the break was nice. I don't know if even... God damn it. <laughs> Art babe 33445. I should divide that number a different way. Art babe 33445 said... On, uh, how do you do this again? Artbabe33445 on Apple... Di- it's not iTunes anymore, Brad. It's Apple Podcasts. Oh, Gangnam Style! <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can do that without laughing at the end. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what did you just do? <laughs> Audio equipment locked in your house. <laughs> Chance moaned. Whoa. Oh no. <laughs> I, I saw a British name, so I thought I was going to say, Whoa, Bridget said, but no, that was supposed to be Chance. <laughs> <laughs> it limped away into the darkness on uneven legs. <laughs> While the bigger rat shouted, Yeah, yeah! As though he was... <laughs> Sorry, the yeah, yeah part caught me off guard. <laughs> I thought of, uh... Oh, Crank Yankers. I peed in your pool! I peed in your pool! Hey! Chance said. Owen shook his head. Shooked. Shooked it. I shook it hard. Well, 
another voice in his mind versus it. Ah, God damn it. <laughs> Not sobbing, but moaning. His face was white, and he. Wait, now how could his face be white? It's painted charcoal. Uh oh. Uh oh. Dun, 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 dun. It's okay. Chance mumbled. His face, which he had wiped off, was pale. <laughs> On the fly, <laughs> right? <laughs> Until the tiny's <laughs> tiny bees. Hold me closer, tiny, tiny sniper. sniper. <laughs> pew pew pew. <laughs> Owen shoved Bridget, and then Chance. <laughs> that, was a, that was a pause. That didn't need to be the shoved Bridget, and then Chance. <laughs> Okay. Chance is always the afterthought. Yeah. Oh, fuck. He's in the stories, too. <laughs> the three of them ran back toward the gate, weaving, weaving, weaving in and out. You have to think about pineys <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> Chance fell away with a groan, but Owen, despite the fact that she had scratched him across the tree, the tree. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It puts the conditioner in its hair. Or else it gets it in the derriere. <laughs>